Hello and good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? Great. How about you? Absolutely fantastic. You've been on one of the greatest journeys, and I hope that there is a book that's about ready to come out to us because I want to know how you have now gone from this, the ancient astronaut theorist to, to this amazing per, pe, person that people are tapping into because of where we stand right now with the U.S. government. Well, thank you. I, I, I appreciate your observation. And, you know, had anybody told me 30 years ago that the topics that I talked about and my colleagues, you know, even 30 plus years ago, that those topics would now be on the front pages of websites and of newspapers, I would have said to you, you're crazy. <laughs> but here we are. And, you know, it's a it's it's a trip. I mean, it's really you know something else. And it's something that all of us, my colleagues, Eric von Danik and David Childress, William Henry, uh, Nick Pope and, and Travis Taylor, all of my friends, that's something we've been dreaming about and talking about for a long time. And so the fact that these topics are now being discussed and there are now congressional hearings about UFOs and UAPs, I mean, these are exciting times to be alive in. <laughs> well, look at what you've done with History Channel, with Ancient Aliens. I mean, and now you're going to do it live. I mean, th this right here is a step, like, what, like go, stepping on the moon for the first time. One giant leap from mankind is what you're doing here. <laughs> well, thank you. Look, you know, the, the, the fact that we now get to bring the TV show across the country to different venues so that people can actually come into the TV and experience us on stage is also a thing where, you know, uh, never in my wildest dreams, you know, I, I, you know, if you look at the ancient aliens poster, my friend Nick Pope said that when, if he could have contacted or if, if his 14 year old self yeah. would see him one day signing those posters, he would think that one day he'd be in a rock band. <laughs> and it's kind of true because the fans, how they embrace us and how they welcome us, they have turned us into, or they make us feel like rock stars. The love is felt. And I'd like to just say to you and every, all of our listeners, none of this would happen without the fans. Yep. So thank you to all the watchers, to all the people who have for years now, over 230 episodes uh, long now have tuned in. So my thanks, our thanks, belongs to the fans. You're going to think I'm really weird here, dude, in, in the way that when I watch Ancient Aliens, what I do is I turn away from the TV because I love listening to your voice. I love listening to the passion and the storytelling. And, and maybe it's just because I'm a radio guy, but I just love listening to the show. Well, thank you, because, you know, so so the, the inventor or the creator of the show, Kevin Burns, has been in TV or was in TV for many years. He has unfortunately since passed on and, you know, he's with us every day. But he was a narrator. He was a storyteller mm -hmm. first and foremost. And, you know, it's been now two years that, that Kevin has since gone. But the fact that we've kept up the storytelling on ancient aliens just illustrates that the continuation team that is in charge now all of whom have been trained by kevin burns are doing as good of a job and if i may say so an almost better job because you know there are now new episodes that we've done without kevin and the, the fans appear to be as happy as they were before 
So, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of the team that we, we're having over at Prometheus and at A&E that we continue to put out these episodes that fans seem to love as much as they did on day one. So it's, it's uh, I have to pinch myself almost every day. <laughs> well, as a fan, we all get into theories. We all love diving deep into those and, I mean, really going into the dark spaces. But when the theory becomes physical fact, what is that like for you? Because you're going to receive it before we get it. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, that, that's that's the one thing about what sets this theory apart, the ancient astronaut theory, that, of course, it's theory, it's, it's speculation, it's yeah. talking about certain things. I understand that. However, you know, there are certain things that cannot be put away or explained away, and that is, for example, the stones at Pumapunku. No one has mm-hmm. denied, including myself, that, of course, the stones at Pumapunku were cut and carved and transported by human beings. I have never said that it was aliens. What I have said is that these the, 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 the knowledge, the engineering knowledge and the tools were given to yeah. our ancestors by the extraterrestrials. But the extraterrestrials never dirtied their hands. I don't think they ever got sweaty. (laughs) And so, you know, when you have andesite blocks that today in 2023, in order to cut andesite blocks, we use gigantic saws or we use water jets or we use, you know, sarcunium plated saws, circular saws, sorry. Then you have to ask the question, well, how was that done? And the conventional answer that it was done with, you know, copper tools. I'm sorry, that is wishful thinking because you cannot cut andesite with with copper. And anyone who wants to argue that run for the hills. It's over. It's done. I would love to read your journals because the way that you break things down, I call that defragging. You you, go, you break it down, ask the question, question the answers. Okay, here comes another question. Here comes another answer. Uh, just the way you think. Well, and, and, and you know, then you have the the, the question of transportation at Puma Punku. Mm-hmm. You know, they always say, oh, those 75 ton blocks were moved with wooden rollers. Okay, great, fantastic, great answer. But the reality of it is at Puma Punku, you're at an altitude of almost 13,000 feet. And that plateau, that's why it's called the Andean High Plateau, has a circumference of about a thousand miles. So we are at, at oh, and the, yeah, so 13,000 feet which means there never were any trees at that altitude because you're above the natural timber line. Where are the trunks? So, you know, did they travel 800 miles to, 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 to you know, cut down a forest to bring up those, those root and rollers? So all I'm saying is that the, the questions or the answers that we are given, some make sense, but not all of them. Wow. Wow. So do you think that from from your point of direction, 10 to 25 year olds, they're finding reason to believe in space, correct? And it's because of ancient aliens and people like yourself that you give us that opportunity to believe. Yes. Look, so so here's what I find fascinating, because the first show came out almost 15 years ago in 2009. I now sometimes when I go to events or sometimes you know, I get recognized at a rec- at a restaurant by, you know, a 20, 25-year-old waiter or something like this. And they're like, 
hey, you know, I just wanted to say thank you because ever since I was two, five or six years old, I've been watching Ancient Aliens with my dad or with my parents or something like that. And, you know, to me, that is an incredibly surreal thing because the fact that Ancient Aliens has become family time for a lot of families around the planet to me is incredibly heartwarming because not only does it illustrate that we've struck a chord with audiences across the planet, but also that this chord is something that the entire family is interested in. (laughs) And the fact of the matter is, is not interested in the origin of how it all began. And also, where are we going? I mean, these are timeless questions. And so, you know, I, I am beyond grateful that we have not only an older audience, but also a median age audience and a younger audience. Please come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you, sir. Thank you. Be brilliant today, man.